0: this week on dig me out with your hosts jason Diak and tim mannichi
1: jay we're back again with another episode thanks to our dig me out union on patreon you can help us make the next episode happen By joining us at DMOUnion.com or DigMeOutUnion.com. And speaking of that union, Jay, this album that we're going to talk about came to us via the Tournament of Death. That's right. This was our September tournament where 18 albums entered in two rounds of nine. And then we took the top vote getters. And, a, and it was a final of five, actually. Uh, there was a tie in one of the rounds. So a three-way tie. Three-way tie for last. That's a, that's a something. That's an album or something. Uh, and uh, all these albums came to us via our website, digmeoutpodcast.com, which is where anybody can go and suggest a record anywhere in the world. If you're in Antarctica, heck, if you're on the space station... Up in outer space, you can send us an album suggestion and uh, we will consider it for one of our polls. Just saying, astronauts. <laughs> we're targeting the astronaut demographic going forward. Really <laughs> okay. trying to break into that demographic. Current and former astronauts. I don't know why. Just seems like a it seems like an untapped market, to be quite honest, that it's, we should be uh... tapping.
0: Please write a formal business plan and submit it.
1: Okay, we'll do. So for September, these were the suggestions via digmeoutpodcast.com. And this is what this is what we had our folks at Patreon vote for. Uh, suggested in round one. In the west by Silkworm. That was suggested by Willie Dylan. Pictures of a thousand faces by Eric Gales, suggested by Richard Waterman. Total. Vegetility, The Cucumbers, suggested by Bill Davidson, The Sounds of Solid by Sugar Tooth, suggested by Eric Peterson, Limbo by Throwing Muses, suggested by Andrew McGinnis, Demon Box by Motor Psycho, suggested by William Spevik, You Are Freaking Me Out by Sam I Am, suggested by Joseph Long, Punk Rock Academy Fight Song, All One Word, Uh, by Down by Law, suggested by David Tribble and Ruby Red from the Dam Builders, suggested by Kyle Bittner. Now, in this round, the top vote-getters were number one, Sam I Am, You Are Freaking Me Out. I made a tie at number two. The second pick was actually two picks. We got the Dam Builders, Ruby Red, and Throwing Muses Limbo. So, those three made it into the final round and there's not you know what i like about that there's not a ton of like really big bands there there's those are all like for the most part artists i've heard of listened to at some point but nothing crazy
0: yep solid candidates for dignity out.
1: all very solid candidates now for round two con art by smart went crazy suggested by willie willie dylan zucker baby uh self-titled suggested by richard waterman i feel like that's been in a poll before uh yeah
0: because
1: uh, that name sticks out
0: it does yeah i was it was nominated a few months ago
1: also was that what they is that what mark zuckerberg calls his kid zucker baby <laughs> zucker
0: baby i hope so uh no that's, that's his name in the metaverse
1: got it d Manufacture by fear factory suggested by eric peterson beheaded by chris harford and the first rays of the new rising sun suggested by bill davidson (laughs) university by throwing muses uh suggested by andrew mcginnis like to point out that um andrew got two picks both throwing muses into these two polls uh Radiance in in Brackets by Anathium, suggested by Keith Badge. Sweet FA by Love and Rockets, suggested by Patrick Testa. Electric Rock Music by The Ass Ponies, suggested by Pete Krigler. And Blood Music by Chapter House, suggested by Vadim Taver. Now, when Vadim suggests stuff, usually... That means it's going into the final. Not this time, though. It was Fear Factory's D-Manufacture and Throwing Muses University. So that means in the final five, Throwing Muses had two records. That's never happened before.
0: I know. That's pretty cool.
1: Along with the Dam Builders, Sam Am, and Fear Factory. So how did this shake out?
0: I was pulling for uh, university a little bit. I had some time with that album. And I was kind of looking forward to going back to it.
1: I remember that from college, and I remember liking that record, yeah, a lot. <clears throat> uh, so here's the interesting thing: I can't, I cannot figure out this poll. So Sam, I am. You are freaking me out. That's our winner, thirty-six percent. Second place: Throwing Muses University. So you're probably thinking, oh, it split the vote with itself. Nope, limbo got zero <laughs> votes. Zero. Nada, it came
0: nothing. down to it, you know. If you're gonna put your, you only get one vote vote in this round. So if you're gonna vote for the Throwin' Music's album, I, I think we got a pretty definitive uh, take on which album was stronger.
1: Well, I think it's crazy that I I figured going into it, it was gonna split the vote and and it was gonna ruin it. It's gonna wreck itself. Yeah, because it didn't check itself. But that's not what happened. So Fear Factory ended up um, uh, with 24% and The Damn Builders with 12%. So our winner, Sam I Am, You Are Freaking Me Out. That was suggested by Joseph Long. He said, refined blend of punk with alternative and pop, a, a lot of solid albums, tried to go big, Jawbreaker, Doughboys, RFTC, Seaweed, etc." So those are the bands that we've talked about before. They're in the same uh, wheelhouse. And uh, nobody except for Chip Midnight went for this in the final. He said, honestly, we'd love to hear all these reviewed. I went with Sam I Am because I love that album. Because, But it was released on a weird label that also had Anthrax and Vanilla Ice.
0: Oh, my we goodness. Talked,
1: we talked a bit about it on Chip Chats podcast, which we uh, thoroughly and wholeheartedly endorse. Uh, He did an episode with Serge and Sean from the band Sam I Am, who just this March put out a new record called Stowaway, their first one since 2011. I reviewed it for the Box newsletter, and I gave it a worthy album. It's quite a good record, and I had never listened to Sam I Am before. That's where I'm going with this. I've never listened to Sam I Am except for the brand-new record they put out this year. So, Jay, had you ever listened to Sam I Am?
0: No. I mean, I knew the name. It's a memorable name right kind of knew the bands that they were mentioned around but i wasn't even quite generally expected what they sound like but um was thinking it was like a pop punk thing
1: yes so this record has an interesting history (laughs) so they were they were one of the bands that got signed to a major label right they put out uh their first album self-titled in 1990 on the label New Red Archives. And that's where the next two records, Soar in 91 and Billy in 92, they're both released on that label. Then they signed to Atlantic Records. And Atlantic puts out Clumsy in 1994, which, you know, you signed to a major label. 94 is the year we just talked about Bad Religion, it was also the year of Green Day and The Offspring. This is the year pop punk is exploding. So, of course, Sam I Am gets gobbled up. They work with Lou Giordano, the big, you know, the producer who's worked with a lot of pop-punk pop, bands. They sell 13,000 copies. Not enough to make Atlantic Records happy. Right. So, they they go and record her second, or their second album for Atlantic in 96, and Atlantic Records says, uh, we don't hear anything. We're not putting this record out. We don't hear a hit. So, the band says, we're going to buy the record back from you. Is that okay? And Atlantic said, fine, we'll get you out of this contract. So they buy the record back from Atlantic and then sell it to Ignition, which is the record label that (laughs) was just mentioned that had a weird uh, lineup of bands. Ignition puts it out and then goes bankrupt. You could not find this record in the store when it came out in stores, at least in the United States. In the UK, they put it out on Burning Heart Records, um, which is a Swedish label. Um, they, I believe, work with like Epitaph to do distribution of Epitaph bands in Europe, that sort of thing. So you could get it if you're over in the UK, but you could not. <laughs> you're gonna have a hard time finding it. They actually did reissues of the record this year on different colored vinyl. So um, that was obviously a cluster of a situation to have your record get rejected by one record label and then you take the record to a new label and it promptly goes bankrupt upon releasing it so um, i might have quit the music industry at that point but these guys were um had more perseverance and they put out ashtray in 2000 on hopeless records it's where they would put out their next two albums whatever's got you down in 2006 And then they took a little break and then put out Trips in 2011. And then, as I mentioned, they were on a 12-year hiatus. They toured the entire time, but they were on a hiatus from recording. And they recorded Stowaway for Pure Noise Records, which is a Nashville record label. Now, the main band is Jason Bebout on vocals and Sergi Lubkoff on guitar, They've had a lot of different drummers, like like we're talking Spinal Tap level number of drummers in this. At one point, Trey Cool from Green Day played drums in this band. Um, at one point, that? Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Victor Indrizio, who is a session player, he was the drummer for this band. Um, he also has played for a ton of other artists. Like he was. Played studio, did studio work for Chris Cornell and Scott Weiland and Queens of the Stone Age and Gwen Stefani and the Vines and uh Brandon Flowers and Alanis Morissette. So he's got a resume. Regardless, they've had like 12 drummers, something like that 10 or 12 drummers. They've had a lot of bass players, and then they've had their second guitar player, um, has changed as well they had ryan sullivan was i think the original guitar player was only in there for a year and then james brogan was the guitar player up until 2000 and then he was replaced by um sean kennerly but also kennerly also played bass at some point and then chad darby is the bass player now so anyway that's all the uh the history of that with regards to their history um And one other thing is that they were on the original John Stewart show on MTV when they, when their um, 92, excuse me, 94 album for Atlantic came out clumsy. Okay. So, and they're from, they're from the Berkeley, California area, you know, the same area as like the, the lookout records, green day, um, rancid, like all those SoCal punk bands, um, a lot of you know that area so comments let's go back to the original post that had sam i am and, and let's let's see do we get any comments on sam i am um no not really
0: <laughs>
1: not really and yet it it won it got it it got in there who 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 understands how this all works i don't really understand <laughs> one thing i wanted to mention is that this was produced by steven hagler and this is the fifth album we have talked about on this podcast that has been produced by Steven Hagler. That really? might be more than Steve Albini. It's possible. Be, yeah. yeah. Um, he also produced uh, the album endless bummer by my head. He produced pushing the S- salmonella envelope by Jimmy's chicken shack. He produced February sun by Oleander. And recreation by Stanford Prison Experiment. So that's five. And he also did the second. Well, yeah, this the sophomore. It's a sucking record. Slip by Quicksand. The first one's Manic Compression, right? Or Slip first. Whatever. Slips
0: first. Slips first. So he
1: did Slip, and then we talked about Manic Compression. So yeah. Either way, what I'm saying is, we need to meet this Steven Hagler guy because apparently, um, he's popular with the bands that we talk about. I, I'm curious, Jay, uh, based on our website, do you happen to know what producer we've talked about the most? Uh, I'd be curious. One name I don't think has really ever come up is Brendan O'Brien, which is a divisive name based on whether or not you like his work or not. But I don't think yeah. we've ever actually talked about a Brendan O'Brien produced <laughs>
0: album. I just didn't look. I, I, I was keeping track up until maybe a two seasons ago, so I'd have to retally everything. Gotcha um, but yeah we hadn't done Brendan O'Brien ever
1: Yep. he's <laughs> Stephen Hagler also worked with like local h um in terms of bands that we would know um he worked with uh, fuel and karma to burn the Nixons, the X's.
0: Wow a lot of uh can't dig me out candidates there
1: lots of them lots of them so. Let's do it. Let's get into this record, Jay, tell me one thing you liked about you are freaking me out by Sam, I am.
0: This album sits in a, it sits in the sweet spot for me. You know, it's a mix, I think, between hard rock, alternative and punk. It's sort of fluid between those three genres. Uh, it's all unified around a really strong sense of melody, both for the vocals and the guitars. You know, guitar-wise, it's it's chunky, it's big-sounding, it's not complicated. You know, the, I think most of the riffs here are they're can be hooky. Um, they got a lot of energy, but for the most part, they're simple. A lot of down down strumming, a lot of palm muting. Um, there's some you know dynamics here where occasionally the second guitar will play a slightly different riff, but most part, you know, both guitars are playing the same thing uh they'll do some dynamics where one will come out and come back in which you know just really subtle little simple ways to create dynamics uh it's all around i think delivering what are mostly pop songs like i think for the most part these are pretty well crafted straightforward uh, pop format you know songs so i think all of those elements coming together you know aren't fancy you know they're just there to deliver the energy and some hooks and and some fun and uh, i think there's you know a really for the most part on this record a really cohesive sound um dynamic wise follows the soft loud thing you know but it does it pretty well it doesn't you know some records i think when we're we hear that it gets a little tiresome but uh, I think they do a good job with they shake it. You know, usually it's a it's a palm muted kind of down strum. Sometimes they use bass, which I thought was kind of nice on a couple songs to kind of fill out the the verse and you know create that dramatic switch. Um, they do a lot. I think though, maybe where the music is more straightforward, you know, the vocal is it's got a little edge to it. It's got some variety. It's very accessible again melodic but i think in the way the delivery varies it helps uh, at least for me kept me engaged in this, in the record and in the song so like at its best the vocals have you know a really strong chest voice you know belting out you know some either at a almost like a broken yell to you know real expressive chorus things can get a little emotive here and there, a little attitude in there. I even like some of the talk scene that they do uh, reminds me a little bit of the clash or against me or something like that, where it's, you know, uh, more of a spoken cadence or a little wordy. I think that that works too. So there's a good variety, I think, vocally here, some, some decent um, harmonies and stuff they throw on the courses, you know, help elevate things. So vocally, it's, it's, pretty strong and um I think one of the things that varies on the record to kind of pull you through it and keep you interested. She found us is probably the best example for me just you? vocally. Sorry, she found you uh vocally in terms of the range. It's it's kind of got a little bit of everything on that song. So yeah, it's it's uh it's in that sweet spot. I'm kind of surprised that you know I didn't hear this band because I mean, I heard of the band and spent time listening to the band because it's so close to a lot of bands. I liked more in like the early 2000s. So I'm thinking of the jell sound, obviously Knapsack, a little Super Chong, Hot Water Music, even reminded me of a band we reviewed, but I think last year, Doughboys. Mm-hmm. We're just in that same vein. So, you know, it's just, it's just good, feel good music. It's got a little edge to it. You know you put it on you tap your foot you sort of get into it i like the chunking guitars you know it's accessible so you know it just hits that sweet spot for me and i and i it kind of fits in with those bands when i'm in that mood it would it would uh, fit on a playlist playlist with those bands or you know be a good substitute for you know listening to the jealous stuff again yeah. That's something someone that's set the work for me What work for you
1: well this is a this is a grower I, I the first time i put this on i was like okay this is some pop punk and you know it's i've i've heard this before but as i listened to it over and over again i started to get the hooks um appreciate the guitar work that's happening on this record a song like ordinary life has a really interesting chord progression it's not it's not just a straight up punk progression. It's got some weird chord choices, which I appreciate. And that happens here and there on the record where they do things that are from a, you know, structure standpoint are very traditional, you know, verse, chorus, verse, the choruses tend to have a, a, a shouty, um, uh, multi-tracked vocal. Sometimes there's a, a harmonies, and as you as you go through the record over and over again those hooks start to really work their way in and i started to appreciate not only um what is it jason uh jason bebout as a vocalist but just like him he's got some really interesting lyrical choices that are happening like in um there's a factory it has a great chorus and um, I was like, I think what happened was I listened to full on. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be like pop punk. And it cha- it, it it changed throughout the record enough where I didn't feel like it was 12 of the same songs. I'm going to leave out Cry Baby Cry because that's a Beatles cover. And it's kind of like an oddball at the end of yeah. the record. Uh, but like, I really feel like they made an attempt to differentiate this where every song has a unique personality and a u- unique approach. There are some quiet parts that I was not expecting when I, you know, re-listened to it. I was like, Oh, this is, this is pretty, like, this is almost on an emo end of things where, you know, you get the really quiet and then loud explosion parts, which I, I did not expect that. Um, from the listening to the first record. I mean, you get songs like, you know, like Mr. Walker or My Convenience, which are are like straight ahead pop punk. But then you get like uh, Good Enough. That's the one I was thinking of. Has like a weird shift between these quieter parts. Yeah, I know it's a lot. It's a quiet, loud thing, but they just do just enough to make the difference unique and interesting that it really drives home the hooks when you get to them and they get to the hooks pretty fast i think in ordinary life i want to say the chorus hits by like 35 seconds into the song (laughs) or something like that yeah like there there is not a lot of fat on this record i don't think a single song is over five minutes most of them are under four minutes i think two yeah two songs go over four minutes and the rest are you know three and a half or less or something like that 346 in that range so it's really really tight and they're able to do just enough from song to song where they're not like compromising their sound but and this is what i think the fifth or yeah this is the fifth album by the band So I don't know what the earlier stuff sounds like. I know that this was, based on reading a little bit, this was a little divisive when it came out because it wasn't as consistently punk and they took some chances. And, you know, She Found You, is that's a good radio song. I mean, that's a a single. And they did push it as a single. um, And they made a video for it and everything. And uh, it's a shame that people couldn't find the record because the label went bankrupt. Right. Uh, kind of reminds me of that Sunday Day Real Estate album when they put out The Rising Tide and Time Bomb Records just like went bankrupt six months later. And um, I don't know that we'll ever... I mean, somebody will hopefully will buy the rights back so we can get a reissue of that. If anybody going into this was thinking, uh-oh, this is going to be another seaweed episode from Tim, like this is... I know I don't always click <laughs> with like... Punk and hardcore and pop punk Like sometimes it leaves me a little cold yeah. But his voice Combined with how well This is produced against Stephen Hagler um, It's just super catchy and it's a quick album I mean it's 45 minutes but I'm not counting it it's, we'll, we'll say 42 minutes because that That last song could have been a Like a hidden track Didn't need to be its own, <laughs> own thing Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an odd. It, when I heard that, I was like, "What is going on? Did I moved on to a new album? <laughs> yeah, I thought know it, it. Yeah,
0: I thought it moved, moved on to another record."
1: I mean that's an interesting choice. I don't have all the Beatles songs to cover. That's uh, strange. But okay.
0: Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a fine enough cover. Like I think they do the song mm-hmm. Justice, I just don't get why it's on the record. Nope, not at all. Like a, feels like a B-side kind of fun thing you put out or maybe you play it live or I don't know. It doesn't really have a place in this album.
1: Right. Yeah, totally agree. What doesn't work for you on this record?
0: There are some moments where the vocals mm, a little weaker. I think Good Enough is a good example for me. I, I don't love it as much there. Just musically, it, sounds, it starts to get into kind of a generic, less remarkable space. And then there's something about the vocal. It's like a little yippy, Like it doesn't quite have the strength uh, that some of the other songs have. There's some disconnect between some of the songs obviously um where the uh, i'll talk about charity where i like the verse of that song a lot but like the chorus almost doesn't match it like it they sound like two different songs uh and i like where they're going with the verse there that's the song that to me has the against me kind of vocal Mm -hmm. delivery in the verse it's a little wordy I kind of like that, and it was a change of pace, too, just to feel that rhythmically is a little different. It just sounds like they tacked on another another course that doesn't have anything to do with that verse. Um, it felt like um, maybe they didn't go all in on what they were trying to do there. Smaller tracks. When we talked about the Beatles cover. That's one of the big ones. Like, I, I don't know why it's on this record. Um, Nothing new is another one. It just felt like uh, maybe I I don't know, a song from a that should be on a different record or from a different band. Like, there's something about the delivery of it that's the lead on
1: that song sounds out of place on this record. Is is what sounds weird to me on that song.
0: Like, yeah, it's, like, kind of loose and jangly. Yeah. And it doesn't have that, like... Rest of the record, the The vocal delivery is... Or I'm sorry, the guitar delivery is very sharp, percussive, like, mm-hmm. you know, locked up both guitars, and that starts to get kind of loosey, and I don't know. It's, it just, it's a bit dialed down. It doesn't have the same energy. Mm-hmm. So there's some tracks like that that just feel off... Uh, either underdeveloped or not on the right record. Um, so I, I guess overall, just some inconsistency. Like when the band's really firing the core songs on this record, it's all making sense to me and gelling. And then there's these outliers, either vocally or song selection, or with the choruses or whatnot, where it just loses the plot a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything not work for you?
1: Well, I want to go back to Charity, because that to me is... I agree with you that that sounds weird. I feel like what they wanted to do was almost go in like a Goo Dolls direction, but didn't want to actually go there. <laughs> yeah, like commit. that song cries for an acoustic guitar.
0: Yeah,
1: that that verse really sure. should have an acoustic guitar in it, and they probably were like, "We're not playing it. We're not. You know, we're not doing that's not our thing." <laughs> right, but. The vibe of the song, it wants an acoustic guitar. It needs an acoustic guitar <laughs> on that track, because um, it's because the tempo and the feel of it is just it doesn't feel right with when the you know big electric kicks in. And you're right, it does feel like kind of schizophrenic. Um, and I agree with you on nothing new. Like that lead sounded like it was from a different band or a different album it just, it didn't have the same punch and tightness as the rest of the record, which I, you know, I don't need everything to be like chunky down strums, but it wasn't, it just, it just didn't work quite as well. And I also agree with you. Sometimes his vocals feel a little strained um, or just not fully there. It's rare. I think out of the, you know 13 songs 12 songs whatever um he's right there on most of them it's just yeah. a couple spots where when he backs down a little bit it it doesn't work as well cuz when he's ripping and when he's doubling the vocal and trip you know giving us these harmonies and some of them are so catchy and so big that it's undeniable but in the quieter moments sometimes the vocal just sounds like not as inspired and that's probably because of the tempo the tempo slowing down so i can understand why people who were fans of the first four records who are looking at this as a hardcore band sort of taking some risks here uh or what they you know what started out to be um i can understand why some people might be like this is not what we signed up for um because like their '92 album is Billy, is the genre of skate punk. So I can see mm-hmm. where you could go from being a skate punk band to sort of refining and evolving and getting to this record. Yeah. I also could see why some people would be like, "Nah, I ain't." That's not this. I can't skate to all these songs. Right. Can't do an ollie to uh to charity. <laughs> is an ollie a term for skating, Jay? I don't skate. Yes. Okay. Thanks. Yes. I thought I heard that in a documentary. You landed once. it. You landed it. I landed my my 360 ollie.
0: <laughs> is that a three sixty ollie.
1: That's I don't know if that's the thing. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty much on board with you in terms of what what doesn't work and yeah. So I still find it interesting that we have so few comments, and this is what won the poll. I hope some people have some comments after this episode, so they can tell us uh, why they liked it. Because we didn't have anybody tell us why they liked it. I did forget. I apologize to do a separate poll for the worthy album, better EP, decent single for this one. I will not forget going forward. uh, This was just a. uh, It was a. September went by so fast. That's my excuse. I don't know what happened. It seemed like it was August, and now it's October. I don't know what happened.
0: Time to go to bed, bath, beyond. Just are spraying it's just too much too much going I, on.
1: I, uh did they still are they still around? Didn't they go bankrupt? Uh I
0: thought they got bought. Oh, did they? Did you see R Ross is coming back? Of course it is. Yeah.
1: Coming back to a to a hedge fund controlled uh overpriced uh airport mall near you, right? So this came out, as mentioned, Jay, in the year 1997. That's the year of, uh you know, like what is what is 97? I don't. That's the like Foo Fighters' color and the shape. Is that this year? Is that the is that 97? It's definitely like OK Computer and Blur's self-titled record, which we just talked about. Point being unless you're Blink-182 with like an insanely catchy song or Green Day, I don't know that this is going to like find its way into a radio programming. Like this isn't Nimrod by Green Day or what was that? Didn't Offspring put out a record this year? I think it was around this year. Wasn't the, uh, Hey, why don't you get a job song or.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think Blink-182 had a big record. Dude Ranch this yep. year. Um I, I, yeah. it's in that ballpark. It's just nah, missing that big single, I think.
1: Yeah, this is the year of Ixnay on the Ombre by The Offspring, which I was wrong. The next album, Americana is the one with um pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> Sorry, and um, why don't you get a job?
0: Oh, those are those this were, one had gone those, away, those are painful, yeah. So that's when I started, I couldn't listen to rock Radio anymore. Yes, it's been, I haven't listened since, that was pretty much the end.
1: <laughs> so, Jay. Where do you yeah. land on this album? Is it a... where the album a better EP or a decent single?
0: Well, I wanted to say, I've been thinking about the comments. We've had some albums like this in the past where... um, I think they're just... I don't want to speak for everybody. I'll speak for myself. It's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a comfortable album for me. And... Sometimes when things are just comfortable like that, it's hard to explain why, right? Because you're like, you got to dig deeper on like, well, why is it comfortable comfortable to me? Like, which is very like, start pulling back all the layers of like all the things I've ever listened to and whatnot. So, I kind of get maybe why some folks why we why we're seeing like this winning winning a poll, but not in a ton of deep thoughts on it, because it's just like works, right? Mm-hmm. Just. It's comfortable. It works. There's nothing about it. That's like off-putting or um, controversial necessarily. So I think that's a plus, you know? Yeah. I like albums that are weird and challenge me, but this is, you know, one of those that I think hits in a sweet spot. It fits with a bunch of other bands that I like and I, and I, and I dig it. So that said, I am still going to go with an EP, Um, I think there's a strong core songs here that like really work well together. And there's three, four others that are not quite working as well um, and start to lose the script a bit, I think on the band. So I'm gonna go with the EP, which would be full on, She Found You, Factory, Ordinary Life, if you say so, right? So first five tracks, killer. I think it album takes a little bit of a turn there and comes back comes back with my convenience while you were waiting and happy. I think that's what, seven. What do I got there? Eight eight tracks. I think that feels like a seventies album solid EP territory where you know it's killer from start to finish. Um, where did you land?
1: I agree with you. Um, I like the first five songs. I would add my convenience while you're waiting. Um, that's probably it. So I'm at seven songs. That would probably get me to like twenty minutes with this yeah. record. So I think I, I think better EP is is where I'm at as well. Um, they're definitely ones that I will. Go back and listen to again And it definitely makes me interested To hear Because like I said I really like the new record It was a worthy album for me So I am interested in hearing that um, 94 album Clumsy that came out On the uh, major label And then also the stuff that they've done After this because I don't know that like the skate punk stuff From the early years is going to be as interesting To me but when they Matured their sound into this It definitely becomes A bit more interesting in my Mm -hmm. overall, you know, pop punk appreciation because I don't always find it as, um, I don't, it doesn't always stick with me long term. Like there's a lot of stuff that I like, oh, I like that, and then I don't go back to it. Yeah. So, but I think there's a couple songs here that I definitely want to add to some playlists. So, a couple of better EPs from both of us. And we need to thank our suggestor, Joseph Long, for uh, submitting this. And I, I agree with him. And you mentioned they, this slots in well with the Doughboys. Um, I'm I don't agree with seaweed. I think they're this is better than seaweed. <laughs> by by a mile. Musically,
0: um, I think it's it's um it's there.
1: uh this actually i mean some of the stuff that like you know we just had a uh, chip do an interview with dave smalley from like dag nasty and down by law and stuff and, and don't sleep i think is one of his new band i feel like this yeah. fits in well with that those artists as well and those bands that uh, dave smalley does yeah. are you know has done over the years so if you're into that stuff i would suggest checking this out too and um thanks to everybody who voted thanks to everybody who submitted and if you'd like to do so, you can go to digmeoutpodcast.com and suggest a record there. We've got plenty of polls to administer in the, in the coming months. So please suggest your record and you can join us on voting on these polls at uh, the DMO union or dig me out union. Uh, it's also where you can listen to exclusive arts episodes. We just put up a poll. For our next two OTS episodes, numbers five and six of the year, we do six bonus episodes every year. Uh, we have 20-something 80s episodes. They're exclusive to the community. And now we've got OTS episodes for people to check out. What else? What else is going on at Patreon? Uh, well, you can also vote in the um, poll, uh, the polls for albums selected by our community. And uh, you, know, you can watch our video. You can see us on video. It's very exciting. I'm I, I'm in front of tinfoil. Jay's in front of a blurry white screen. It's, it's fascinating stuff. <laughs> and un, uh, you
0: get it's unedited, so you can hear all the
1: chatter and all the mistakes. You're yes, that. all the mistakes. Uh, and then uh, it's also where you can read the box newsletter, which comes out every week via Substack. It's a release calendar of new albums, books, movies, TVs, documentaries, et cetera, relevant to 80s, 90s, and aughts music, plus two one-minute reviews, like the one I mentioned of Stowaway by Sam I Am earlier this year. Every week, two reviews. And lastly, uh, you can sign up for that at the website. And lastly, Apple Podcasts is where you go to leave positive feedback. For the show. So for Jay, I'm Tim. We're out. We'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out.